You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor George Willis, which is titled, The Anatomy of Faith. For more information, please visit our website at www.creekside.org. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Uh, with everything going on in the world today, especially one of the conflicts happening in, in uh, Europe right now, there's not much that you and I can do. But if some of the time, some of us, if not all of us, feel the weight of it. And when I say there's not much you and I can do, I'm talking about like tangibly. But we do serve and we are loved by and created by the one who can do the impossible. Amen. So I'm, I asked Pastor Jesse just to play for a moment. And I'm, I want to invite us to stand in unity together and in your own words, ask God to do what only God can do in the Ukraine situation. Can we do that today? That his glory will prevail. Not that one person is right and wrong. Well, we know who's wrong. But that God will prevail. His mercies will be evident. His faithfulness would be true. People would turn to Jesus and find their peace and comfort in them, in him. So just spend a moment and let's pray together. You could pray out loud. You could pray to yourself. Um, but let's, let's beg God to do what only God can do. Let's pray for their protection. Let's pray for peace. Let's pray that God's glory will be revealed through this. Can we do that today? Just take a moment to do that. Father, you have set up all authority on this earth. And we ask simply, Father, without much words, but it comes from our heart and we mean it. Have your hand in that situation. We pray for protection. We rebuke the enemy. And we pray that your glory will be revealed. Protect those people, Father God. Protect those people. That's our prayer today. And we pray for peace. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you keep anything from escalating. And we pray that there is an end to this war. And we thank you that you are on the throne, Father God. It doesn't matter what man is in charge. You are in control, Father. Father, we, we, we beg you and we rely on you and we trust you and we have faith that you will do what only you can do. 
And we ask this in Jesus' name. Cover Ukraine in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Please continue to pray. Um, yeah, I was just feeling the weight of that today because um, we just don't want this to escalate any further than it has and it, and it shouldn't happen. But uh, I'm, I'm totally unqualified to, to, to speak into that outside of I know that God has a plan and we don't under, have to understand his plan to really know the purpose. So, uh, did you bring someone you'd like to sit with today? <laughs> if you're wondering what I'm talking about, I guess you had to be here last week. Or watching online. Uh, you know what? I, I want to clear up some confusion. It, uh, it's like been the elephant in the room uh, since I got here. And I know why people can be confused. I understand it. Uh, but there seems to be confusion about exactly how old I am. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to clear it up once and for all for those who are, I was just asked yesterday, some, some dude thought I was like in my 60s and <laughs> from here up and so I'm going to clear up any confusion. I am between the ages of 28 and 49. It's <laughs> all you need to know. So <laughs> that is actually true. Um, I want to talk about faith. Faith is a funny thing. How many of us would say we have faith? How many of us heard the George Michael song in our head? We just started singing it, (laughs) if we're honest, and over 40. Um, Faith is a funny, you know, we put our faith in things. We can lose our faith, right? What else can we do with faith? We can have faith. Faith is a funny thing. Faith can be a confusing thing. See, we put our faith in a lot of everyday things, don't we? Everyone who is in this room today, every single one of you who are watching online, like Eric, Tony, Hannah, Uh, Josh Sealander, who's watching from like a far off land called the back wall. (laughs) We put our faith in everything, everyday things. And everyone who's in this room watching online, uh, we decided to have faith in this building. We decided to have faith in the web address that is streaming our video. We choose to put our faith in those things. We, we decided that this building that we're sitting in is going to not fall down. That chair that you're sitting in isn't going to break. Or here's a good one. 
And because I'm a type 1 diabetic, I have to go to the doctor like multiple times a year, which I really don't because uh, white coat anxiety. But consider when you go to the doctor, what happens? When you get a checkup or you're going for something, they give you, uh, it's like a name, a prescription, a, a name or a writing that you can't pronounce or even understand. They have degrees that, you know, you haven't verified. And you couldn't even verify the degree your doctor has if you wanted to. They give us prescriptions we can't read because no one really can, if we're honest. We take this prescription to a pharmacist that you have never met who you now hope can read what you cannot. The prescription is a chemical compound we probably don't really understand with known side effects such as headaches and nausea and anxiety and hot dog fingers. <laughs> then we go home and we take those pills as directed by the instructions on the bottle that was prescribed to us by a piece of paper with writing on it that we couldn't even read. All the while trusting and having sincere faith that someone somewhere along that uh, path understood what we ultimately could not. And I think sometimes life's circumstances forces faith upon us. Years ago, a captain of a large ship set sail with his family and they were traveling from Europe to New York. And while they were traveling, uh, 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 and everyone was asleep, and all of a sudden, a, a huge storm, a squall, began to arose, arise, arose, arise. Babe, where are you? Help me out. And the wind came, and it started blowing, sweeping over the water, and it kept striking the vessel. It kept striking the ship, and, and it almost capsized the ship, and you know, everything went haywire, tumbling and crashing, and the passengers soon became aware that they were in imminent danger. Many jumped from their beds in alarm. The captain's little daughter, just eight years old, just eight years old, woke up and cried with fright, saying, what's the matter? What's going on? When she was told about the storm, she asked, is father on deck? Is my dad on deck? And assured that he was, she stopped or she dropped back in, in, onto her pillow without any fear whatsoever. The turbulence continued and in spite of the howling winds and crashing waves, she was soon fast asleep. I get it that that's a simple story, maybe a simple illustration, but it's a clear word picture as this ought to be the very attitude of every single person who follows Jesus, who calls himself a Christ follower. When we face the rough seas of life, when we face stormy days, of life. Why? Because the Bible, the word, everything we base our relationship with Christ on, it's because the Bible tells us that we are to live by, say it with me, faith. Live by what? Faith. faith. Live by understanding? 
Live by accumulating enough stuff? <laughs> Live by faith. I mean, in numerous verses, like Mark chapter 11, verse 22, it says, Jesus instructs us to have what? Faith in God. In Hebrews 2, 4, it says, the righteous will live by his faith. We are reminded that faith is to be the daily lifestyle, the daily choice of every single believer. It's about faith. Hebrews 11.6 says he rewards, though, rewards those who earnestly seek him. And we see that without this quality called faith, we will never be able to please God. We, we know that we are saved by what? Faith. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9 even says, For it is by grace you have been saved through what? Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about faith. But here's the question I have. Just how do we go about living each and every day in spite of these cruddy external circumstances or internal circumstances that we do? How do we go about living every day of our lives by faith? How do we do it? Thankfully, the Bible doesn't leave us in the dark concerning the walk of faith. And this morning, I want to dissect, say dissect. I'm reminded of my bi biology class in, in high school where you dissect a, anybody dissect a frog? Yeah. Or a worm, which I never understood that one. I want to dissect this topic and, and, and I want to call it in, in honor of all of the biology teachers in the world, uh, the anatomy of faith. Can we do that? The anatomy of faith. We'll talk about what, first, what faith is not, and then we will talk about what faith is, and then we'll look a little bit into the functionality of faith. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. All right. You can type it in the comment section. I'll wait. That's enough time. Okay. First, I want to look at some of the misconceptions surrounding faith. Forgive me because I keep hearing, you just got to have faith, the faith, the faith. Okay. <laughs> Lord, take over, please. Some misconceptions surrounding faith. Here, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Faith, number one, faith is not a blind leap. Faith is not a blind leap. There are those who feel that living our life by faith is just stupid. Only fools do that. They speculate that if there's nothing more than a, that it, it's nothing more than just this blind leap into the dark. However, faith is much more, way more than just walking around blind, waiting for God's providence to, to bump into you. It's really our response. Are you ready for this? It's our response to the promises of God. It's our response to the promises of God for our lives. For example, when God says, I will lead you, faith responds, I will follow. When God says, I will feed you, faith responds, come on somebody, I will eat. 
When God says, I will meet your need, faith responds, it is done. Faith is based upon the firmest of foundations. And you know what that foundation is? It's the word of God. The word of God. The person who really walks in faith never walks through life blind. He or she knows what is ahead. Because they trust God. And they trust in who he says he is. And they trust God will do exactly what God promised he would do. That is faith. Faith is not a blind leap. Number two, faith is also not a blank check. Faith is not a blank check. Have you ever heard the term name it and claim it? Brother, you just got to name it and claim it. I mean, it's kind of like a whole philosophy. People have been taught. People have been taught that if they want something from God, then all they have to do is pray about it, believe it, and then look for it to happen. If you have enough faith, brother, it's going to happen. I was told a few years ago, you know the reason I deal with type 1 diabetes? Because I don't have enough faith. I'll address that in a few minutes. But there are many who become, listen, there are many who have become discouraged in their faith and disappointed with God. Do you know why? Because he didn't do it like they Wanted him to do it. He didn't do it like they were told he would. But faith is not a blank check. God is not our little cosmic Santa. Just waiting for us to place our orders and then drive away with anything and everything that we desire. Because I believe that there are some serious implications to that way of thinking. If this were true, then God would be nothing more than a genie who has no other purpose than to grant our wishes by the bajillions. God is about far larger and greater things than just waiting for me to come up with a new want or a new wish. If you are a parent, I bet you have, like I have a pretty good reason not to give your kids everything that they scream and kick for. Parents, can I get an amen? amen. I know I'm not, or am I preaching to myself today? <laughs> faith is not a blank check. The third thing I want to remind you of, of what faith is not, it's not a bad choice. Faith is not a bad choice choice. There are those who would say that it's stupid to walk around in total and utter dependence on the Lord. It's for the weak. It's for those who can't fend for themselves. And these people argue that God is an unknown quantity. He is an unseen force with whom we cannot interact and or ever truly really know. They call those who love Jesus and choose to live by faith foolish and, and weak-minded You've probably heard that. However, the Christ follower who determines to truly live their life in total faith, by total faith in their heavenly father, will never ultimately be disappointed in God 
nor will they struggle through life blindly. There will be this deep, like settled assurance that God is in absolute control. He's in absolute control of all situations that his will shall always be accomplished in the life of those who call themselves Christ followers in the life of the believer. Now, if you're like me, you're probably someone who says, hey, PG, just give me the bottom line. Do you like the bottom line? This is the bottom line. We can either choose to please the Lord or we can choose to please ourselves. That's the bottom line. We can either choose to honor God or we can choose to honor ourselves. If we are determined that we are going to please the Lord, then we are going to have to walk by faith in him, in his word, and in his will. I love what Oswald Chambers says. He put it like this. If you are living the life of faith, you will exercise your right to waive your rights and let God choose for you. These are a few things that faith is not. Not a blind leap, not a blank check, not a bad choice. I want to take a look now at what faith is. And we're going to look at one of the most famous passages regarding faith. It's Hebrews 11. It's like the hall of fame of faith. I think uh, based on Hebrews 11, faith is defined and described by the author of Hebrews. And, And I want you to read this with me. It should be up on the screen. Awesome. Let's read it together. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Notice that faith shows what we hope for as what? Reality. Reality. And it provides the unshakable evidence of those things that are ours as a result of our relationship with Christ. In other words, faith brings, I want you guys, you can write this down. Faith brings the future within the present and makes the invisible seen. Pastor Aaron, we can post that one. I said, we can post that one. Yeah. (laughs) Faith brings the future within the present and makes the invisible unseen. Thankfully, the author of Hebrews didn't leave us in the dark concerning what this certainly was to be based on. In verse, the very next verse, in uh, uh, verse two, the writer goes on to say, through their what? faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. And then he goes on, and I don't know if you know this or not, but he goes on to speak of their faith in every instance, either stated or implied, uh, based on the promise of God. And when you read through this chapter, you'll notice that in verse 3, the creation account is reliable because it is based upon what? The word of God. Verse 4, Abel offered a more pleasing sacrifice because of faith in a 
promise. Verse 5 and 6, Enoch received the first airplane ride because he had faith in the promise of God. Verse 7, Noah built the ark and survived the flood because his faith floated on the promise of God. Verses 8 through 19, Abraham left home and and country. Uh, He traveled to a foreign land and offered his son as a sacrifice to God and got a peek at an eternal city. His faith was based on the unshakable foundation of the word of God that he knew to be true. Verses 20 and 22. Shall I keep going? Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph all died in faith looking for the... I'm going faster than my lips can move. Looking for the fulfillment of, of the promised land or the promise of the Lord. Verses 29 or 23 and 29. Moses took, forsook Egypt, led Israel, did the will of the Lord, and all in response to the promises of God. Verses 30 and 31. Israel conquered Jericho because of faith in the promise of God. Rahab was saved because of her faith in the Lord's promise. Verses 32 and 40. And now you guys don't even have to read the chapter. <laughs> Thousands uh, down through the ages have responded to God's promises with faith, and they have seen Him do great wonders. It brings the future within the presence, and it makes the unseen seen. With these facts in mind, I believe, or with these facts in mind, I, I believe we can conclude that faith can be defined as the assurance that God will do exactly what He has promised to do. That's faith. God will do what He promised to do. Anything based on guesswork, anything based on peace of mind, anything based on wishful thinking will end with failure and disappointment. I mean, for example, if one of you said, I'm going to climb to the top of this, top of this building and said, I'm going to jump off and, and I'm not going to hit the ground because I believe God is going to make me fly. You know why? Because I prayed about it. I asked him to hold me up and I have peace in my heart that he will make me fly. I choose to believe that this is his will that I jump off the top of this building and fly. I'm going to leap and he's going to make me fly. I'm not going to hit the ground. I have faith that God's got me. But listen, If you're just that nuts, before you jump, please tell me what emergency room you'd like to be taken to. Because you are probably going to break something major. Listen, the problem is many people have become disappointed with God because he didn't do something they told him to do. We must remember that faith is not a lasso which we throw around God's neck to make him do our will. It's not some button we push to force God into doing what we want. Many of us, myself definitely included, have prayed for things or we wanted or even thought we needed and our requests were denied. Now listen, Don't get me wrong. God absolutely answers prayer. 
God absolutely answers prayer. What I've learned over the course of my young life is that sometimes he says no, sometimes he says not yet, or sometimes he says not that way. But I don't know about you, but I really prefer, I, 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 I don't really prefer to be told no. And some of us can become bitter against God. I mean, we get seriously disenchanted with God and our relationship with Christ because he could have healed me and he didn't. Or I asked him to save my marriage and he didn't. Or he didn't give me the answers to my test. And what do we do? We all end up walking away from God because he didn't do what we wanted him to do. And now, listen, those prayers are certainly legitimate. I get it. Except for the, you know, students, except for the test one. You really have to study. That's not a God thing. That, that's a you thing. That's a freebie. Um, all of those prayers are legitimate. They are. Heal me, God. Heal my marriage. Restore our relationship. Protect my child. All of, those are legitimate prayers. However, when we forget that we haven't been given a clear promise, a clear promise from God concerning that situation, the end result will usually be disappointment. We can pray about anything we want to, and we can hope that it will come to pass. It says, present your requests. Everything, pray about everything. And we can, we can pray about anything we want to, and we can hope that it will come to pass, but we can only have faith in those things which God has already promised to bring to pass. I think I'm kind of rocking the world of some of our, uh, some of our understanding of faith. I just thought faith was if I had enough faith, God will do it. When I expect God to do as he promised, that is faith, friends. When I expect him to do as I wish or I hope or as I want, then that is presumption. God will honor the first and most likely ignore the second. Faith. Based on the promises of God. That was, so we, we cover what faith is in, in dissecting what this anatomy of faith, what faith is, what faith is not. Now we're going to look at like, you know, prayers of Hope versus prayers of faith. Prayers of hope versus prayers of faith. Let me give you some examples. When I pray that my neighbor would be saved, right, which we, we all have, some of us out of like anger and, and dislike towards our neighbor, God, you have to, okay. When I pray that my neighbor will be saved, I can have faith that God can save him. If 
my neighbor would turn to Jesus. However, I can only hope that he will be saved because he may not decide to receive Christ. You guys understanding what I'm saying? See, when I pray that my needs might be met, I can believe that it will be met because God has promised to meet my need. I'll prove it. Philippians 4, 19. And it says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. But here's the caveat. My needs may not be met the way I expect them to be. But it will be met in the way God, in the way God says it is best for me. You see the difference? Prayer of hope, a prayer of faith based on God's promise. When I pray, and this may be a touchy one for some of us, when I pray that someone would be healed, I can hope, because if you know my story, if you've been here for the last five months, you know that you know, I battled this with my wife and her healing of type 1 diabetes, and she wasn't healed, and, and guess what? Even worse, I got it. She gave it to me. <laughs> when I pray that a person will be healed, I can hope that this will happen because I know that God has the power to heal. It's his character to heal. Jehovah Rapha. He's a healer. But I don't know whether or not, this is, I don't know whether or not it's his will to heal. Now, some of us may go, well, what about the passage in Isaiah where it's by his stripes we are healed? Maybe that's, maybe he's talking about like a spiritual healing by Christ going to the cross. I know God can heal. I know God can heal. But the thing is, we don't know if it's his will or not because I don't have his promise in the matter. But when I pray for safety of my daughter, I can hope she will be safe, but I cannot have the absolute assurance that she will be safe because I don't have the Lord's word on it. I am trusting him to do what he has planned for me and for her. I got to let it go. We did it. We, hey, Jesus, hey, Father, you gave us this kid. We're giving her right back to you. She's yours. And we pray every night for her protection. However, when God says it will be a certain way in his world then you, or word, then you can count on it being just as he said it would be. You can take that to the bank. Therefore, anything that is promised in this book, in the word of God, can serve as the basis for genuine faith. So again, what is faith? Faith is simply the deep and settled assurance that God will do exactly what he has promised to do. That's what faith is. And now, 
the real functionality of faith. How does, what, what, what exactly will faith do in our lives? I want to take a look. And when I examine these in preparation for today, I couldn't help but be encouraged. And I'm going to give you just a few of what faith does and the role it plays in our life. Number one, you know what faith does? Faith calms our fears. Faith calms our fears. I am not sheltered from the bad things, but in the midst of them, I have this promise from Romans 8, 28 that says, all things will work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Does that sound like a promise to you? Can you put your faith in knowing that God is going to work it out? Or how about Philippians 4, 6, and 7? Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about what? Anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in who? Christ Jesus. You guys, it doesn't say, do not be anxious about uh, it says, do not be anxious about anything. Do you know what that means? It means literally, if I choose to worry about something, no matter how big or small, I am sinning. Dang it. But here's the deal. That's both freeing and horrifying, isn't it? So once I realize I'm worrying, I have to stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> stop worrying, drop to my knees in prayer about the issue, then roll my request right over onto God. And also roll into some serious peace because I can have faith that he will take care of it in a way that he deems best. And the peace is also one of those promises we can have faith in. I can have peace in the midst of my storm because Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says so. Faith calms our fear. Faith also cushions our falls. Now, I'm not immune uh, from sin and temptation, but when, but when and if I fall, in when and if I fail, I have this promise because I believe it's possible for the child of God to fall down, but we can never fall out of his hands of protection. John chapter 10 verse 28 says, no one can snatch us out of our father's hands. No one. If we do fall, we have his promise that we'll, we will be forgiven when we turn to him in repentance. First John uh, chapter 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is what, church? Faithful and just to forgive us and purify us. Faith cushions our fall. Faith also confirms our future. We don't know what we'll face tomorrow, but we know that when all of our tomorrows are finished, we have a future in heaven. Faith claims God's best and it challenges our failures. Faith sets its sights high. Now, there are many who will never learn what God can do because they are never willing to believe what God can do. 
You never learn what God can do because you're unwilling to believe what God can actually do. Faith believes in the possibility of more than we can humanly accomplish and do. Philippians 4.13, I can do everything. This is a, many of us probably have this on a magnet, on a refrigerator, or a mug, or a t-shirt. Says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Faith says this. Faith says that we can be all that God wants us to be. Faith says, faith accepts the notion that we do not have to settle for second best. Faith says that we can have everything that God has for us and that we can have it right now. Faith says that we do not have to live to lower standards of the world. Faith just takes God at his word. And faith serves him. Faith, and, and then the last thing is faith reaches out to those around us. Faith reaches out to those around us. Faith says to those around us that what God has done here, he can do in your life as well. Faith reaches out to those in sin because it knows that everyone who turns to Jesus in a true, authentic, intimate relationship for salvation, it says he will be saved. Faith believes God's promises concerning salvation and, and by, by everything we just talked about today, it's by faith. It's by faith. It's by faith. It's by faith. Friends, God's will for us is that we live by faith. Faith. Not the blind leap of the foolish, not the blank check of the misinformed, but the deep, settled assurance that what God has said, he would do. That's faith. He is more than able and willing to do it. My question for us today after our time together is, that, does that describe your life? I want to give you an opportunity to consider that. It, have I been living my life based on faith, faith based on the promises of God? Or have I been trying to dictate. Have I been trying to control? I heard it said once, you can either have control or growth, but you can't have both. Does that describe your life? I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Friends, let me, as you, as you contemplate that question, as you do your business with God this morning, let me give you a couple of verses that speak into how we grow our faith. Hebrews 12.2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our what? Faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Maybe you've looked away. Maybe your faith has been rattled a little bit because you've, dis you've disconnected from your relationship with Christ. Maybe it's time to refocus on him. 
1 Peter chapter 1, 6 through 8 says, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials just for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith, or though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much, or it'll bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Friends, that is faith. Be glad. Stand firm on the promises of God. Know God's promises by being in his word. By being in his word. James says, just don't be hearers of the word, but be what? Doers of the word. I used to have this kind of pithy little saying when I was youth pastoring a couple years ago. I always would encourage our students, listen, you want to see your friends like come to Christ? You want to you see your, your you, you know, you want to see fruit? the fruit of your relationship with Christ, you got to get in the word. Because I always said that the word heard, the word applied, the church multiplies. Right? Or you can say, hey, when it comes to the word of God, read and heed. We have to know our word, church. We have to know the promises of God. And the only way you're going to be confident in the promises of God to build your faith is to know your word. God's love letter to you. Spend some time in reflection. Are you living a life of faith? You're loved. You're loved.